Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is February 14th, what 2022. Day is it, Ralph? <laughs> no. Day what after the day Listeners, it's hibernation day. <laughs> oh, 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 uh, uh, gosh, it's a day where you <clears throat> have to give flowers and stuff or whatever, whatnot. What is that called? It's like optional St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. That Happy includes you Valentine's too, Molly. Day. Thanks. I gotta I try and keep turn this way. I got this white spot over here. <laughs> The stuff I got on my nose. I couldn't get it off. No one ever would have noticed that. Know, and no. then you just had to say it. It would have just looked like your face was shiny a little bit. Really? Probably. All right. I'll edit that Maybe. out there. <laughs> Maybe not. All right, guys. We've got a podcast for you today. I don't know what to say about it. It's going to be disjointed all over the place, I imagine. we got a bunch of stuff to cover. And short, I think. Oh, we do have a bunch of stuff? Well, you know, just anything. little stuff here and there. Okay, carry the show, up. Ralph. You've given up on football. I did. Man. The Bucks lost, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm retiring too. I know it was. I don't know. I don't know. We will talk about the Super Bowl. Ugh. Who cares? You want to? You want to just get on with that? Yeah. What do you think about it? I Who think cares? You just get... <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> I hate the Rams. I hate that they oh, won. God, I know. Ugh. Was it They're just the worst. me? Everybody, yes. no. just let me know. Was that like one of the most boring Super Bowls ever? I mean, it was to me. I, I don't know if it's, you know, I'm biased and I just, you know, because the Bucks weren't in it. I was just like, like nah. the Bucks would have been better. Like, we're convinced. We just know that. Yeah. I do. It just seemed like nothing happened during that game. I mean, there was a couple of decent plays and, of course, bad ref calling and then. Oh, my God. What was that about? Like, they didn't call any flags until the Rams <laughs> needed penalties to win. Well, well is that what it felt? I mean, there's a lot of accusations out there. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I think, you know, the conspiracy theories, the first penalty of the game, though. No, second penalty. The first penalty was a delay of game. But the first like penalty was on Vernon Hargreaves, old ex Buccaneer player, for running. He was he's he's inactive. He's been he wasn't even dressed. Wasn't even dressed. That's why he got the penalty. He ran out on the field to celebrate an interception. They flagged him. I'm like, man, the pride of the Bucks right there, man. That guy. Moron. Wasn't he one of Lovey's picks? I think so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it seemed like the game was just. Down it's boring. You know, I was really expecting some fireworks in the second half. That's how the Bengals seemed to operate. But they had the lead in the second half. And there was only one touchdown score in the second half. It was with like a little over two minutes left in the game. Cooper Cup scored that touchdown, put the Rams ahead. Then, you know, the Bengals got the ball back. And you're thinking, okay, this is what the Bengals do. They're going to drive down there and score a touchdown and win the game. And then it was just like, bleh. next thing I know, it was like fourth and two. The play happened and it was over. That was the end of the game. Yeah. And I was just like, that's it? Oh, okay. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just seemed very boring. Was not was not entertaining. But then again, I wasn't excited for the game. Uh, this is probably one of the most unworked uh, up for a Super Bowl I've been in a long time. Now, I, 
I'm from old school. I remember when the NFC, the, the AFC, the NFC championships were usually better than the Super Bowls. The Super Bowls were usually just blowouts. Uh, so, you know, it's been nice for the past, man, probably 20 years. Super Bowls have gotten a lot better and more competitive and everything. But, you know, there's been a few Super Bowls here the few past few years where I've just been like, eh, eh whatever. I don't care about either one of these teams. And all this. But at least in this team, in this Super Bowl, I had a stake in the Rams losing. So, you know, I had a reason to watch. Vengeance. Vengeance, yeah. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it just kind of flopped to me. I don't know. Y'all let me know what you think. I'm, I'm interested in hearing other people's opinions other than the dipshit media, you know, who are acting like this is the greatest thing since the, I know. Since Even Jesus being a Christ. football fan, I'm just like, ugh. It's just not. I don't know. I'm I'm just salty. We're not there. We is that what there. it is? Yeah. Is that, I, I mean, you mad. think so? Yes, a hundred percent. I know that that's my problem. Okay. Maybe I don't know about problem. you. I mean, yeah. you, I don't know. Well, I try to watch the game and enjoy it and have a good time, and just boring. Yeah. Don't know. So I mean, he even tried with the beer. Yeah, Drank gave a it the too old much, college try, <laughs> Ralph. I was chugging them too. I didn't mean to drink that many. Woke up the next morning, I was like, "Oh, good lord!" It's because you were so bored with the game. You were uh, like, "I'm trying. I'm trying to help you out, Rams." Yeah, I will agree with you on that one. So, I don't know what else is there to say about that. You know, one. The Buccaneers are now no longer the only team to have won a Super Bowl in their own stadium. It never happened before in the NFL. Now it's happened twice consecutively. And, you know, we've talked about this, how I don't like the fact that the Rams are, you know, like Hollywood's team now. You know, you got all these celebrities and everything. And, of course, you know, the media and, and and celebrities in Hollywood, they're all kind of the same, you know. Uh, you know, so the media is going to treat the Rams different, and, you know, celebrate the celebrities. But the NFL has a, a building right across the street from the Rams, you know, and I just don't like that. Just seems, what's it, what, what do you call it, a conflict of interest there? Mm-hmm. And then for them to get the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl in a kind of meh way, I don't know. Don't know. <clears throat> I thought Stafford played great. He didn't. Yeah, even getting his ankle rolled up on. And Joey Burrow got the <sighs> same play. And did you they see both him? got rolled up on. Yeah, did you see Joey Burrow? I thought he was out. I thought I he was done. He, the way he was screaming and everything. Oh, like Jacoby Brissett mm-hmm. that one day. Yeah, and you're like, all right, guys, that's enough of that. Yeah, a lot of a theater. dramatic, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So let's ask this question in the AFC. Is Joey Burrow now the new Pat Mahomes? Who is the new Michael Jordan? He's the new Michael Jordan. No, I think if he would have won, then, yeah, of course, he'd be all, Ooh. Yeah. But he, did, he didn't do anything. I mean, he was really, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, his big thing is, you know, like, Patrick Mahomes, you know, the Birkin plays and running outside and all that good stuff. He didn't do any of that. Did they not break enough plays to give him the opportunity? I don't know. 
I don't know. And his offensive line is still like trash. Like, I don't know why anyone thought that was going to be different in this yeah. game, especially against a good pass rush yeah. like yeah. the Rams have. But he didn't. Yeah, he he took no opera. I mean, all he did, he just got sacked, it felt like. Wait a bit. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, so there's that. The, the NFL's got to do something about this officiating because everybody saw it on full display in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that one, the it went for the Bengals because was it Chase that caught the ball? I can't remember. It was but Higgins. Higgins. Yeah, grab dude by the face mask, grab Ramsey by the face mask, and the jersey, yanked <laughs> him to the, the ground. Armpit, yeah. <laughs> call the ball, ran it in for a touchdown. You're like, everybody saw that, dude. Yeah. Except the refs. Mm-hmm. How did you not see that? Mm-hmm. I mean, the jersey, I think he could have gotten away with, but that face mask was egregious. Yeah. I don't know. The NFL's got to do something. I. Watching the pregame shows and the commercials, and even the commercials were boring this year again. Last year they were a little bit funnier, I think. But they were real nostalgic. I felt yeah. like you had people like yes. Jim Carrey, who had a lot of CGI done. Yeah, um, doing the cable guy bit. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of yeah, uh, a lot of nineties nostalgia. Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the halftime show, you know, it it is so funny. Somebody said this to me. Years and years ago, I can't remember who it was. Molly, you let me know if you remember. They said, uh, people who dress like cowboys are just big country music fans. And some comedian. Was it a comedian? Yeah. Yeah. And that really blew my mind when I got to thinking about it. You know, I was like, yeah, there's there's no need to wear cowboy boots and big belt buckles and cowboy hats and stuff like that. Culture. Yeah, they're like. Country music fans. And then you get to thinking about it and you're like, yeah, you think about people that dress up all gothy and stuff. You know, they're fans of, you know, what's the emo music? Yeah. Goth music or whatever or death metal or something. Uh, You know, and growing up, I dressed, you know, jean jackets and eventually went to leather jackets, you know, because of, you know, the Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith days. And then, you know, you get into the the more the heavy stuff later and then we'll switch to leather jackets and you know, long hair and you <clears throat> you emulate your music style. So anyhow, I'm sitting there watching the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show and uh I was just I was kind of sad about it. You know, it's like here you've got uh forty and fifty year old men and women uh who are mega rich, you know, and you know, they own numerous companies. I mean, Dr. Dre owns Beats Electronics, you know, all the Beats headphones. Mm-hmm. I think he sold it to Apple, but, uh, yeah, he made a crap ton of money. I mean, he's got a bunch of businesses and all that good stuff. I mean, I mean, these people are the system. Yeah. <laughs> the system that they rebelled against. Supposedly. But here you get, you got, you know, the 40, 50 year old men who are multimillionaires out there LARPing as gangsters. You know, mm-hmm. it's like street. Yeah, they all live in gated communities. <laughs> You're like, just you don't even weird. remember. Well, not only do they barely remember. I mean, they're so far removed from the time when they were like on the streets. But those streets are like completely different than they were 30, 40 years ago. I guess. You know? I, don't, I don't. I don't know. It seems like it would be. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I mean. I don't know. 
but again, it goes back to the whole, you know, people that dress up, you know, people that are dressed in cowboy attire are just country music fans. You know, you're like these, it's just theater. It's just acting. I mean, these people are not street. It is like, I remember freaking out when half the members of NWA started playing cops on TV and in the oh, movies. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the, these yeah. are, this is the band that, you know, had the F like, the police. Uh, Ice T. It was so disappointing to me. He had a recurring role in Law and Order. Yeah. And he played the, the, the police chief in, or, or Ice Cube played the police chief in the comedies. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. What was the name of those comedies? Uh, oh, my gosh. 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. Yeah, funny movies. But, you know, you're just like, what? The, what is this? What is this? It's all theater. It's all acting and make-believe. And I'm, I'm tired of theater and acting and make-believe. Yeah. It was so funny. My daughter, she was standing there with me watching the – the halftime Super Bowl, and she said, "Daddy, why is that guy wearing his pajamas? Did he wake up late?" Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Dogg yeah. <laughs> well, what was that? Was that it? That's like how a- he's always dressed. Mm-hmm. He's always looked like that. Not uh, when I remember. I did. Okay, I'm, this is so terrible. I didn't yeah, you didn't even want to watch it. Yeah. I didn't watch it because I've seen so many of these halftime shows where you have like your childhood, like idols and then they come out and they look old mm-hmm. and bad mm-hmm. and fat and i didn't want to risk it All i right. couldn't risk it yeah. um, but now i've heard it's like the best halftime show ever like well, everyone's talking about how great it was and i was like mm, i'm well, kind of upset that i didn't right that's what i'm maybe. saying with the, the media it seems like it was really boosting the super bowl up and to me it was really kind of boring and blah but i've never been a big fan of the halftime shows anyhow i don't yeah I, i've just been like Always, they remind me of the Vegas Strip performances. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're just not into that kind of stuff. You right. hate musicals. You yeah. hate dancing productions. And, yeah, it's not your thing. Uh, uh, well, you know, like I said, it's just all fake. I mean, you're sitting up there, you're watching Dr. Dre like DJ on this turntable. It's not even plugged in. <laughs> you know, they're all lip syncing. Stop it! Don't look at all those things. Well, I, like, you look at all these do, details. Yeah. I know. That's why you can't enjoy it. Yeah. You can't let yourself enjoy it. Right. I, I mean, it's very rare to see a live performance anymore. And it's so funny because I remember in the 90s, back when these guys were coming up, that lip syncing and not performing live was a huge no-no. I mean, Millie Vanilli and all that good stuff. Remember Jessica Simpson? And I mean, no, Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson, yeah. I mean, they all lost their career for lip syncing. Now it's expected everywhere. You know, and it's just so strange. You know, like I, I see, uh, you know, these guys get up there and they perform on shows, you know, like the uh, the ball dropping or the mm-hmm. the halftime shows. You know, they don't even have their guitars plugged in. You know, a lot of times they're just kind of phoning it in, even acting like they're playing. You're just like, well, this is so bad, man. I'd rather watch a music video <laughs> instead of watching oh, people man. pantomime doing something. I don't know. It's just weird to me. But it was kind of weird because, you know, I grew up watching here. I'm going to show my age and kind of freak people out here. I grew up when it was the halftime shows were marching bands. What? Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. I had no idea. No, it wasn't until the late 80s before (laughs) they started having celebrities perform. And the first one I remember, I think it was Chuck Berry. No, it wasn't Chuck Berry. Who was it? Uh, Chubby Checker. That's the first one I remember. 
you know, where it was just like, oh, hey, it's a celebrity. You know, I don't even before. know who that is. Uh, he did uh, do the twist. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow. Uh, and then, and then uh, Michael Jackson. That was the big mm-hmm. one. That was the really big one that kicked off the whole, you know, you got to have these then big, they, huge like, celebrities. they pay a lot of money for people. And- yeah. Uh, New Kids on the Block did 1991. I remember that in 1991. That was big. Uh, and uh, Disney sponsored it. Disney sponsored a lot of halftime shows back oh. then. And they were pushing the boy bands, do New Kids on the Block mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and Disney and Coke. Those are the two sponsors that were always doing halftime stuff. But uh, then there was Gloria Estevan in 1992, and then Michael Jackson in 1993, and that was the big one. Now, before that, you would had you would have a song by uh, like New Kids on the Block, but then they would have you still have a marching band or something that would come out, and there would there would be a few different performances. But Michael Jackson was the first one where he performed through the whole thing. I think he did like five songs. It was like Billie Jean and mm-hmm. uh, Black and White and, you know, his 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 hits at the time. So th- that really kicked it off. And then it just seemed like it just got stupid, really weird after that. Uh, it, it, where, it, it, you know, they started bringing in these, I, want, I don't want to say irrelevant, but mm-hmm. not. Uh, yeah, like they had the Rolling. I remember the Rolling Stones, yes. and I was like, "That." I mean, that's cool. Like my parents liked it, but I was yes. like, "I don't know who these people are, really." Right? You know, I just don't care. They look old and decrepit. <laughs> like, should they really be out there? Like that dude looks like he's gonna break a hip. Uh, um, yeah, the first band I ever saw live, besides Elvis Presley, I saw Elvis Presley. It was my first concert. I know everybody. I'm really showing my age there, but. Elvis Presley was the first concert I ever saw. My mom took me. But the first concert I ever went to on my own volition that I actually paid money to go see was Aerosmith. Now, the funny thing is, is that what Aerosmith wasn't the headliner. It was Foghat. Foghat was the headliner. And I had never heard of Aerosmith. I think I had heard of one song from them at the time, but they weren't that big. And they opened up for Foghat. And I was blown away. I actually went and bought one of their T-shirts. It was a Rock Rock in a Hard Place album. Uh, I remember that T-shirt. I love that T-shirt. Anyhow, it was it was one of those baseball three-quarter T-shirts. You know, back in the day, those were big at concerts. So anyhow, you know that was 1970s. You know, mm-hmm. and then in 2001, they're performing in the Super Bowl, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, something's not right with this. You know, they were popular. Now they did get popular. Back in the 90s again. Mm-hmm. With Armageddon. Yes. Uh, the movie. They did the soundtrack. Yes. And they they had that, the girl who ended up going on and doing, uh, it wasn't, wasn't Christina Applegate. It was, she did the movie. Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Yes. She was in their videos and everybody mm-hmm. was just like, whoa, this is back when MTV was actually cool. Uh, so. It was just weird watching them in 2001, and I'm sitting there going, what? Aerosmith? You know, I, that was my first that they were, they were popular 30 years ago, and I was like 30 at the time, <laughs> you know, when I was watching them. I was like, mm-hmm. they're old. What in the mm-hmm. world? And then it just seemed like from there, it just got really weird. Uh, you had the Rolling Stones, like you said, in 2006. I mean, Jesus Christ, the Rolling Stones, they were at like 70 at that time. 
in 2006. And then they're still alive. That's amazing to me. But I ain't gonna lie. They do perform well, even at that age. Uh, Mick Jagger's got a tremendous amount of energy. <laughs> uh, and then Prince in 2007. Remember that? Now, these guys, all of these guys were popular back in the 80s. You know? I mean, I remember Prince in particular, my sister bringing a, an album home, and it was a, <clears throat> it had the, the fold out cover in the middle. You open it up, and it was Prince laying there naked in a bed of flowers. You know, and I was just like, what in the world is this? <laughs> I never seen anything like that. Uh, but that, you know, that was in the late 70s, early 80s. You know, and then, you know, he got popular with Purple Rain and all that. So, but, you know, by 2007, you know, he's he's more of an icon than mm -hmm. anything else. And it seems like that's what they were doing is just trying to get icons. And, then, you know, they had Tom Petty, you know, in 2008. Which I love Tom Petty, but, like, I'm unusual. Right. Not a lot of millennials hmm. care about Tom Petty. And then, and then uh, Bruce Springsteen the next year. Right. I know. You're like, what? Uh, and, and again, all these guys were popular in the 80s and 90s, you know, going into the 90s. Uh, they had the Who in 2010. Yeah, Who? <laughs> right. Why? Yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's, it was weird watching all these because you're like, one, they're just not popular anymore. You know, and like I said, it seemed like they were doing Las Vegas strip acts, you know, they're just trying to maintain relevance or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then I remember they did Madonna in 2012. Oh, God. Now, she looks so awful. Yeah, she's she's always been just a horrible human being, I think. Yeah, just, I don't and I don't like her music either. Right. And then like thirty years after she's in her prime. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. Right. And that's what I'm saying. These were thirty years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh and it was like, you know, during the two thousand tens there and leading up to this point we're getting ready to talk to, you know, it was like they were nostalgic for the seventies and eighties, you know. Uh and then I remember two thousand four they had remember that just Justin Timberlake mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's why they stopped Janet doing the modern ones because they got them fined by the FCC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, the no, we're not doing those people anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, gosh, that was 2004. That was crazy. Uh, so then, you know, with this halftime show, I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, oh my God. Now they're dipping into the 90s for mm -hmm. nostalgia. You know, so it seems like it's a 30-year delay. If you want to be, I mean, next they're going to probably have Pearl Jam, <laughs> you know, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Well, last year, didn't they do The weekend? I yeah. Mean, he's pretty modern. Yeah. I didn't watch that one, though. Or I was too drunk, I think, by that point to watch it. The, yeah, last year it was pretty good. You know, he, he performed. Yeah. Know, I felt it wasn't a... He had a yeah. whole act in Rudy Remember King. the Lady Gaga a couple years before that? It was just, ugh, that was horrible. Vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I've, like, stopped watching them. I don't really watch the halftime shows anymore. Right? And, and that's how I feel that a lot of people don't. They only watch you know, it for the halftime show. Yeah, there Most are people. the groups that do do that. A lot, a lot. Yeah. The wives. The wives. The yes. Wives. Speaking of which, I was watching the NFL Network before the – the game, the pregame show. So, you know, I turn it on. I'm expecting, you know, oh, good. They're going to talk, you know, some analysis and everything. I should have known better. You know what they did for an hour before the game started? They had a cooking competition on the NFL Network. 
And it was so fake and phony, too. I, I'm just they so sick are. of fake it's and like phony. It's like the view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it, that's what it reminded me of. Or uh, Good Morning America, something mm-hmm. like that. It was just mm-hmm. very, very strange. But I also remember back in the 70s, <clears throat> the halftime show, they used to have this group perform called Up With The People. Up With People. And this was, they, they, they did a lot. I remember like four or five halftime shows that had these. But it was a multicultural and diversity group, organization, nonprofit organization. This mess has been going on forever. You know, uh, it, it's kind of like climate change. Is that what it's called now? Climate change mm-hmm. or the global warming? They changed it from global warming to climate. Change. Yeah. I grew up. It was global cooling. The, the next big thing, the next ice age was coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was huge when I was growing up. It was, you know, and then there was the whole ozone stuff and McDonald's stopping using the styrofoam container. <laughs> I tell you, it is so weird. You know, as you get older, you see stuff that you're just like, what? They're still pushing this stuff. You know, it's like, you know, so it's, you know, it was global cooling when I was growing up and it became global warming. Now it's climate change, I guess, to just encompass all of it. Uh, you know, they've been doing this. I remember reading about rain dances the Native Americans did. Aztecs sacrificing humans to, you know, to control the weather. Politicians and leaders have been doing, you know, it's like, Vote and give me money, and I can control the weather. Is <laughs> basically what they say. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are people going to catch on that? You know, all this stuff is just insane. It's crazy. But uh, up with the people, though. I mean, like I said, the, the diversity and inclusion stuff has been going on for you know all my life. You know, it's been a an issue that they've been using. I would say for political purposes. Uh, but that brings us to the uh, Brian Flores stuff again. Oh. You know, I love Wait. it. Okay, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say I wanted to talk about the cooking shows at the beginning. Oh, oh, okay, go back. No, no, Let's no, talk about okay. that. Yeah, okay. no, we can we can go back to this anytime. The uh, yeah, they had those cooking shows in all the pregame, and it was it was just like the viewer. Yeah, Good Morning America. And they, um, it's like they're not appealing to football fans whatsoever. They're appealing to football fans' wives. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the crazy, the whole thing with the Super Bowl. I don't know. I guess it is like the one time everyone watches football pretty much. So they do have to kind of widen the net, but it's annoying as a football fan to not just be able to talk about the foot and how much how many people could you bring into the sport just by talking about it yeah. maybe right well you know we i've talked about this on this podcast quite a bit how you know when the nfl channel first came out i was just ecstatic i was like oh my god this is exactly what i've been looking for you know you could, before that you only had espn really and you know they cover all the sports very limited football coverage <clears throat> so i was expecting the nfl channel to just have deep analysis and replay games and really get into the nitty gritter. Boy, was I disappointed. I know. Now, I didn't do any of that. I can't it's even like watch worse it now. now. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't really watched it in years. It's probably been five years, right? Since I mean, we used to have it on 
24 seven. Mm-hmm. I would say longer, but and it's just it's just got it's all opinion now, mm-hmm. you know. But that's something I've noticed with football, and I think it's sports in general, but definitely with football. You know, I mean, I do these the Tiffy videos where after every game I go through all the all twenty two and I just you know analyze everything and look at everything and. Uh, you know, try and figure out what happened, what went wrong or what went right and all this good stuff. And, you know, it's usually three days it takes me to go all the way through and you know do all that stuff. So it's usually about Wednesday or Thursday, maybe even sometimes Friday before, you know, I'm finished with it. And by that time, all the football world has moved on. They're They're talking about the next game. But if you pay attention, nobody really talks about the previous game. They might give it Monday. You know, people will talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's all in an opinionated form. And it's all about stats. You know, that it's like stats is the past of football. But 90% of football conversation, and this includes fans as well as media and all that, is just opinion and speculation. Generally speculation. And people like to talk about what's going to happen, you know, in the next game, who they think is going to win or blah, 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 you know. Uh, but very, very little, minuscule, minuscule amount of actually paying attention to what happened and analyzing it. I mean, very, I mean, like less than 1% of conversations and uh, media coverage is about what really happened. And you if you look at the people on these networks, I mean, very few of them know anything about the nitty-gritty of football. I mean, they have players sometimes. Even then, they're not really going in depth with. Yeah, you get that in yeah. a lot where you'll have players on there and they're so used to talking, I don't know, political speak to reporters or mm-hmm. something whatever that a lot of times what they say doesn't even carry any water you're just like what, what was that it wasn't even an yeah. analysis or an answer or it's all seems to be the same old stuff over and over and over you know? which i would love those guys to just give us some tidbits you know right. how how does the culture of the nfl work you know what's yes. it like in a job what's it like yep. working with a team that's um, what is so great about the pat mccaffrey show you know, as he, he, you know, he talks to these guys, and they talk, you know, about locker room stuff, and mm-hmm. and and you and you, it's kind of unfiltered. They really yeah. seem to just not really give a crap because they're not really access guys. Well, and that's what they say. They're like, we're unaffiliated. We don't mm-hmm. need access. So yeah, and it's uh, the quarterback school, J.D. Salinger. J.T.O. Sullivan. J.T.O. Sullivan. What did I say? J.D. Salinger? Who is that? <laughs> that was not it's a, some old football player, I'm sure. made up a name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was close. Uh, if you want to get into the real nitty-gritty of quarterback play, man, go watch his videos. They are spectacular. And that's what I want. That's what, you know, and, and I guess I'm a very small subset of the fan base. But, I, you know, I mean, he just breaks quarterback play down incredibly well and just gets constantly I'm constantly learning every time I watch his channel but he he really even the terminology he uses you go wow that's that's something obviously only quarterbacks know about you know it's just so ingrained in him you know so uh, it's great stuff and that's what I wish the NFL network was more like but unfortunately it's more like good morning America 24 7 Mm mm-hmm 
you know, cooking shows. I was sitting there. I'm like, why in the world are they showing cooking shows before the Super Bowl? And it wasn't like a, I don't know, man. It was. It's it was, all scripted. It's like reality yeah. TV. But you got to figure like the TV industry, it's probably so small that all these producers are coming over from different mm-hmm. channels. Shows, types of shows, it's probably pretty cookie cutter across the board. Yes. Uh, So, back to the Brian Flores stuff. If you're not aware, Brian Flores has filed a suit against some NFL teams for, what is it, discrimination? Yeah, like discrimination. Yeah, basically saying that they wouldn't hire him because he's black. Uh, One of them was the Houston Texans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they ended up hiring Lovey Smith, who, as I'm sure most of you know, is black himself. Oh my God, he's the worst coach. I think even <laughs> with this lawsuit, I would have taken Flores over Lovey Smith because he's just so bad. I just, I don't understand. Ooh. What yeah. are they doing? Do they want to win? Are they tanking 2022 too? Might be. Might be. I, I mean, know. he tanked for us. I guess we got Jameis out of oh my it. God. He so some of the worst football I've ever seen in my life was Lovey Smith coached football at Tampa Bay. Oh God, that was bad, bad football. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in a second. But so Brian Flores, you know, the Houston one of the people that or one of the teams that Brian Flores is accusing of being anti or being racist or what I don't know. I'm not really sure what what the actual point of it is. You know, he's, he's saying that he interviewed with them, they didn't give him the job, so you know they were just. A bunch of racist people. They ended up hiring Lovey Smith. Well, Flores comes out and has a statement, and he was like, "Well, you know, it's good that you know they hired a person of color and all this good stuff, but basically they should have hired me, and I'm still mad." Right? Wasn't that Which the gist of the statement? Which is hysterical because you're like, "Hey, maybe if you had held off on your lawsuit, you would have gotten that job." Yeah. Don't know. I I can't see any team hiring him now for Why sure. Why would you? He's a okay. You're going to hire someone who is suing your organization. Like, I don't understand from, like, a legal standpoint how you even navigate that. Like, as an employer, you're working with someone who's suing you. You've hired someone who sued you (laughs) and is actively in a lawsuit against how can, you know, I just don't. How are you supposed to work like that? Yeah. I mean, without even talking, going into the merits of his lawsuit, I haven't read it. I can't tell you, but it's just logistically. Oh, I, it. It I don't know. Horrible. I don't know how you expect to get hired like that. Yeah, yeah, I read it, and it it, it had nothing to do with race. I mean, there was there was no, you know, they have no evidence or or anything. It, was, it just seemed like a disgruntled employee that was just mad nobody was hiring him. That's you know from the brief I read. It's just like, and but there was no evidence whatsoever of racial discrimination. But yet, that's what the suit was claiming. It was very strange, very strange. Uh, but of course, you know, the NFL media has latched onto this and mm-hmm. are going to ride it for all it's worth. Uh, Tampa Bay Times had, I think, five articles covering this. So, see, one of them was here's the titles of the articles. One, the NFL has little credibility when it comes to black coaches. Uh, Roger Good- Here's another one. Roger Goodell says NFL won't tolerate racism or discrimination. Uh, another one was Roger Goodell, civil rights leaders meet over Rooney rule. 
Here's another one. The NFL has little credibility when it comes to black coaches. Okay, I said that one already. Uh, and then another one was NFL to bolster inclusion policies, probe tanking allegations. Well, yeah, I'd kind of like to know about that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially with all those gambling and stuff that the NFL yeah. is really injecting and in everything, which I do not like. Yeah. I mean, that's going to impact the sport. Hell yeah. I mean, if owners can throw games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, how do you do that? Because we all know they tank. Yeah. At the end of the seasons. I mean, is that going to be like uh, a fireable offense now or a fine? I, I don't know. You know I mean, because you know, with gambling, man, people are going to people are gonna be burning buildings down if they find crap like that out, losing their money. Uh <clears throat> But uh, John Romano, he, he's one of the writers for the Tampa Bay Times, the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one right. But he, the NFL has little credibility when it comes to black coaches. That's one of his arcs. And he goes on, he talks about how there's just not enough black coaches being hired and all this good stuff. Uh, never mentioning the fact that Tampa Bay Buccaneers have had three. Mm-hmm. You know, more than I think just about anybody in the league. Uh, and two of them didn't pan out really well at all. You know, actually, they were pretty horrible. And, you know, it got me to thinking of you and you, we've talked about this on here before. It's just the hypocrisy of these media people and all these people. I mean, you look at the Tampa Bay Times. Hell, look at all the beat reporters from everywhere, from ESPN and all these. How many black ones are there? None. Not one. They're all white people. With these college degrees sitting around chip champagne going, oh, the NFL needs to hire more black coaches. And I went and I looked at the Tampa Bay Times uh, editorial board and their ownership and all this good stuff. I mean, their their chairman is Paul Tash. He's white. Uh, their vice president is Mark Catches. He's white. Amy Hollyfield, their senior deputy editor, white. Carolyn Fox, senior deputy editor, white. Uh, Graham Brink, editor of editorials, whatever the hell that is, uh, white. Paul Alexander, deputy editor, planning and design, white. Ellen E. Clark, deputy editor, life of Col- life and culture, white. Uh, the first black person on the list is ranked eighth in line. And his name is Boisel Hosey, and he's the deputy editor of photography. I mean, these people, what is, how in the, it's insanity. You know, they're saying, oh, you need to do this, but we ain't going to do it. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, I, th- I really think people should, one, I think, I think Tampa Bay fans should be throwing tomatoes at Rick Shot every time they see him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they should really be calling this mess out. You know, it's like, again, it's rules for thee, not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it not confession by projection? Yes. You know. Yes. And you know, I I I really hate how they make it seem like you know, the NFL is racist basically. I mean, that's really really what it's coming down to, right? Is isn't that what they're saying? Mm-hmm. There was an article, this was on nfl.com. There was an article uh, talking about the Brian Flores stuff. It, I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible article just talking about how basically racist the NFL is. This is on NFL.com. So, you know, they're, I don't know, call themselves racist. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. 
But he's talking about how, you know, the NFL's got a discrimination problem. There's just not enough black coaches and all this good stuff. But And this was a, a black guy that wrote this. He said, I'm going to quote this, and you, you tell me what you get out of this. This is towards the end of the article. It says, the NFL has never had a black majority owner, has had only two black club presidents, has a total of seven black general managers, five of whom were hired in the last 13 months. The lack of diversity does not end there. Among the top 11 executives at the league office, there are only two black people. Within the newsroom at the NFL Media Group, there is not a single black person among the senior managers. Those who determine how a league with a player population that is 70% black is covered. That being said, I personally have never felt restricted in my coverage. That was the quote there. So... I don't know if these people understand math. Maybe that's what it is. I know. I don't. I mean, what's the metric? Can we get right. the metrics? Like, what's a, what's appropriate? Well, that that's I the thing know. about the grievance industry. You know, they, I mean, they attach. They they get on these these kicks, and they there's never any metrics. You know, they they mm-hmm. did this with the blue flu. We talked about this on here. You know, what are the metrics? What are we trying to get at? You know, zero percent. You know, virus anywhere. Uh, Apparently, 70- it's just when your polling numbers get bad enough. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, you know, he, he admits right here and he says the, the, the NFL is 70% players. 70% of the players are black. Well, that's our argument. So much of the league has black players, then I don't know. I think that enough. they're, I know, but uh, to me, uh, to me, it sounds like their logic says, oh, since all the players, are black then all the coaches should be and then we end up, I don't know. Is right, that the that's logic? the thing. What's is that, the metric? Is that the logic? I mean, we got to look at you know, if we're going by inclusion, diversity, all this good stuff that you know, I was growing up to believe in, you know, you 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 want representative representative mm-hmm. of the population. The black population is at 12%. Mm-hmm. So that means basically 1 out of 10, you know, is equal representation. You got 70% of the players are black. You know, that's way over-representation, mm-hmm. but that's okay. But he's talking, he says, we only had two black club presidents. There's only 32 teams. Mm-hmm. That's way over-represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the seven general managers? <laughs> I mean, that's high. Seven. Well, and then he says the Out of owners, there's no owners, majority mm-hmm. black owners. Right, majority, yeah, there's been... Yeah, there's minor- minor- but, minority. But I mean, minorities. how often? I don't know how often the teams go up for sale. Has anyone ever right. tried there, to buy one? Yeah, I don't know. Right. If you look at the history of the NFL, all the owners, there hasn't been a hundred yet. Mm-hmm. So if you looked at population representation, you know, one out of a hundred should be African American if we're going to represent equally. You know, it, I don't even think there's been a hundred owners yet. I don't know. I mean, Ownership is a very rare thing. Does it count when it passes down to kids and stuff? Yeah. I mean, they become an owner. Right. I don't know. It's just, so, I mean, there's no, yeah, what's the metric? What's our goal? I think that would be, if you want a solution, let's they don't figure want out what your goal is. No, no. Yeah. It, this is because it's, it's forever. It's a forever yeah. thing. These things always are. Uh, you know, it's like you get it in the medical industry and stuff. I and mean, when was the last time? A pharmaceutical company cured a disease. <laughs> cancer. We're still trying to cure cancer. Yeah. What have we done? I remember we watching. We prolonged life like four months or something at this point. 
I think, yeah, I think it's been three months with chronic. <laughs> like, what are we doing? How many billions of dollars have we pumped Trillions, probably. It's just- I, I, remember, I grew up watching the Jerry Lewis telethons for muscular dystrophy, right? Was it muscular? Anyhow. It's still around. Not the telethon, but the thing. It's just this stuff is just, it's a business. You know, it's all a business. Uh, but he did point out, and I like this. He said, <laughs> in the newsroom, there's not a single mm-hmm. black person in senior management. Those who determine how a league with a player population that is 70% black is covered. That's what I'm saying. All That's these true. newsroom people who are pushing this stuff, you know, you know, this who are basically peddling the uh, grievance industry mantras. Hey, man, you know, practice what you preach, buddy. Yeah, give up your job. I'm tired. Yeah, like I'm Jenna t- Lane. Bye, Jenna. <laughs> Not her. She went to the right colleges. <laughs> she. Uh, she's an ally. She's no, no. Wait, she's a woman. You can't do that. They're underrepresented too, right? I don't know. Not in journalism. No. Anywhere except roofing, digging ditches. Trash man. I don't think I've ever seen a female trash man of you. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a female roofer either or concrete worker. I got a long list of industries that I think are discriminative towards women and we need to make laws. You know, where you know, all roofing companies have to hire 50% women, you know. I don't want that job. Nobody does. That's <laughs> <laughs> the point. <laughs> All right, I got a little bit of news. Are you done with this part? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. I don't even know what I, where I was going with that. I, I just, don't know. Oh, I was going to attack the media a little bit more. Tampa Bay Times, real quick. Let me okay. let me hit on this. So, so talking about analysis and speculation, mm-hmm. how football is complete speculation, and the only the only looking back we ever do is on the stats. You know, the stats is the past of football. Speculation is the majority of what we do. Uh, John Romano had a breakdown of the Rams game talking. You know, this is the guy at Tampa Bay Times he was talking about. And he was blaming the coaching for that last play. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went and I looked online to see what everybody else was saying. And I was extremely surprised that that's what most people are blaming for our loss was the coaching. I, seriously, that just blows my mind. No, you need to go and watch the footage on that game. It was the players. We had so many mental mistakes. What did I count? I counted 12, and then after watching all 22, I think I raised it up to 17 unforced errors we made. Our guys were just – SMB fell down covering Cooper Cup one time. For that, the play before the big play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Jamel Dean didn't even try to stop him from going out of bounds. Uh, Levante David. This is the one, this is what drives me crazy about reporters. If I was in the media, I would be nonstop asking what the hell happened to Levante David at the end of that game. He was literally standing there with his hands on the hip, on his hips, and didn't move while the play was going on. Why? What happened? You know, I, that's to me, that's, mm-hmm. you know, what people should be upset about or wanting to figure out. But now they're they're talking about, oh, it's the ba- it was a bad call. 
is what John Romano says. That call will go down in history as the worst call in Buccaneer. You know, it was like, you know, who calls zero, you know, cover zero and a full out blitz? I mean, you got to remember, we were on a roll defensively. I mean, we had gotten four turnovers. We had scored 28 points, you know, back to back. Bam. I mean, we were just killing it. Was it 28 points? No. Anyhow, we had scored four times. And it was all due to defense getting these turnovers, man. And, you know, all of a sudden you get, they get the ball, they got like, you know, 50 seconds, whatever. They got to go 80 yards. The first play is a sack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're thinking, I was thinking the same way. I was like, oh, man, our defense is on fire. And then the second play, they get that 20-yard catch that, that goes out of bounds. So the third play, you're thinking, Let, let's go all out, blitz this guy, just crush him. Let's get this ball back. To win this game. I thought it was a great play. It didn't work out. And it's mainly because Levante David stood there with his hands on his hips. Did Might have worked differently if was, they had another guy that they had to deal yeah, with. Yeah, it was basically 10 on 11. Uh, you know, and I love Tom, Levante David. I'm, I'm not trying to say anything. But that was, if you look at it and analyze it, that was it. But we don't do that. We just, you know, media definitely doesn't. Drives me crazy. It really does. You go watch the NFL channel, and you're going to watch cooking shows. What? What? Why? <laughs> For an hour. I know. Huh. This may make you happy or not. There are eight officials that are retiring this year. Damn. I know. So, Ed Camp, Down Judge, Tony Carrenti. He's the only referee. I know him. I know Tony. Yeah, Tony Corrente. Scott Edwards. What's an FJ? Field judge? Field judge. Greg Gautro, Field judge, side judge. Joe LaRue, side judge. Ronnie McGrath with RO. I don't, I don't know. know. Mark Steinker. Steinker. Turner. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, line judge and then Steve Zimmer, field judge. So we got hmm. quite a few field judges. That is crazy. Yeah. wonder why they're all quitting. It's, the game's getting too hard to do for those guys, man. I'm telling you. Well, and how long till they're the scapegoat? I mean, they are for the fans often, but it's just a matter of time until the NFL makes them scapegoat, in my opinion. The Saints have a new coach. Who'd they get? Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I fr- so, that's how boring that was. I totally forgot. About I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just don't care. Uh, you remember Tequan T- Underwood? I do. Yeah. Yeah, he is now the wide receiver coach, pass game coordinator for uh, Pitt. Love it. Yeah. I a- like ACC champions. Yeah. Alvin Kamara has got arrested for battery charges after a fight occurring at Dre's nightclub. Oh, now, this is one of the things I just find it amusing as hell. Yeah, I mean, he beat the crap out of this guy. I saw the pictures of the dude. I mean, his face was just all busted up and everything. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. The only thing people care about is whether Alvin Kamara is going to, you know, they have to do some jail time. If he's going to make it to training camp, basically. He's not doing no jail time. Right, I know. Uh, but then, then there's this soccer player who, uh, let me see, what's his name? Kurt Zuma kicked a cat 
Yeah, drop kicked the cat. Ooh. The cat in his house. Kicked him a couple times and then hit him. I mean, he was quite abusive to the cat. Mm. And, yeah, and it <laughs> cats are relatively fragile if you kick them. Uh, but that that's gotten more. Oh my god! It's, I just found it. I just find it so strange. And me and you talk about this all the time. And how it's okay if a guy gets his ass whooped. You know, this apparently this guy who got beat up by by a Camaro wasn't doing anything. He just happened to be in the elevator or something. Uh, you know, it's not like they were up in each other's face and fighting. <clears throat> but we never we're always okay with that. It doesn't matter. I mean, Alvin Kamara might have just curb stomped this dude because he was having a bad day. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. But if he would hit a woman, oh my good lord, he'd be out of the league. That's weird to me. I don't get well, it. Well, did you just hear Adrian Peterson got arrested on domestic abuse par- charges again? Again? Again. Was he beating a kid this time? I don't know. It was yes. It happened yesterday, like right before the Super Bowl. Damn. Hmm. Uh, in twenty twenty two, we're going to play a game in Munich, Germany. The Ugh. NFL has announced. I so hate gonna, those games. I'm, I'm yeah, happy for our German fans. We have some German a lot listeners. Of German fans. Hello, yeah. love you. But it's it's always hard on the team. Mm-hmm. It's hard for the team to travel like that. Yeah, and it's hard for the fans too. Got to get up. <laughs> How dare you ask Ralph to get up at nine <laughs> o'clock on a Sunday? Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have hired our linebacker coach Caldwell, mm-hmm. right? Was he Inside our linebacker? linebacker? Inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. So that would be. He's their new defensive Levante coordinator. Yeah. yeah. So that sucks. I'd like to know. Oh, and who did he take with him? He took somebody with him. Uh, oh, I just. Yeah. Who was that? Dang it. I don't have it. Did he take another assistant? Yeah. Oh, that's going to drive me crazy. I might have it here in the notes somewhere. Uh, Did you know Brady is an investor in the UFC? No. Yeah, I didn't know that. Dana White said it. Huh. Uh, Because he said as soon as he heard that Tom Brady was retiring, he called him up and said, go play for Raiders. (laughs) <laughs> I tried to talk him in the floor. Stop it, Dana. Mind uh, your business. Uh, let me see. Oh, gosh. I, I've got so much to talk about. We haven't covered anything. I know, but we got to go. Yeah. It's time. Hmm. Got to go get a kid. Uh, oh, Cody Grimm. The defensive and special teams assistant. Oh, we took Cody Grimm. Yes. He's Ew. he's going. He's going to be the safeties coach. Oh, that's crazy! Man. You know, Cody Grimm played with us for a long time. From uh, well, not a long time, three years, 2010, 2012, right? And then he became uh, a coach. He's been here ever since Arians has been here, right? As the coach, yeah. assistant coach, mm-hmm. defensive and special teams assistant coach. So, uh, the Steelers are interviewing. Bucks vice player, vice president of player personnel, John Spitek, for their GM job. How long ago was that? Do not know. Might have been old. Well, it wasn't that long ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's got a couple. I want to say that Chicago interviewed him too. Spitek? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Gosh, man, I got a whole bunch of stuff here to talk about. Okay, we don't have to. We had to save this for the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won MVP. That's stupid. Uh, it sucks. If anything, if they weren't going to give it to Tom Brady, they should have gave it to Cooper Cup. Yeah. Which he got a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I guess that's good enough. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. I know. I don't I mean, understand. Tom Brady beat him in everything. Is that like a consolation prize? Were they I like, guess. if we don't give this to Rodgers, he's going to quit and we can't afford to lose Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the same year? <laughs> Do you, you know trust they... the NFL to make that calculus? No, yeah, you're right. Right? Yes. You are correct, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to have to wrap this up. Like you said, we got to go. Oh, man, we're late. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to tell you the whole time. Okay. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.